Amen. Discovering God's purpose for your life. So last week, I stopped by describing or telling us that we have two type, two levels, or put it that way, of purpose in a sense. We have the primary purpose and we have a secondary purpose. So we have two types of purpose, two uh, primary and secondary purpose. Primary purpose, I describe to us as uh, God's agenda for humanity, his plan of reconciliation to restore mankind to himself. First Timothy 2.4 the Bible says that God wants every body to be saved, all people to be saved, and come to the knowledge of the truth. And he has appointed us, he has called us, he's, del he's delegated to us, you know, that authority to go out, preach the gospel, make disciples of people, and make followers of Jesus for many reasons that bless the heart. Guys, you know, you know about how much darkness is in the world today how much darkness we have in the world today. Think about it. If Christianity was not still in place to instill some morality and stand for righteousness, there will be gross darkness. And I don't, I don't joke with this calling, with this assignment. Is it easy on me? No. I was speaking in London yesterday. We came back home. Not too late, but a few things we need to, we need to fix. I, I actually... How I feel this morning is just to stay under the duvet with my wife and then we have tea, we laugh, we play, we look at our life and stuff like that, right? But what I'm doing, why we're here this morning doing all of the setup, you know, most of the time it's just myself and Jeremy that set everything up in the morning. Now, is it convenient? Do we have any reward we're trying to get out of it? No. But one thing we know is this, is a, is a contribution that we are making to expand God's kingdom. To ensure that there's still light and there's some level of sanity. So watch this. You know, I really encourage, I really admired guys on YouTube who are speaking the actual truth, the gospel truth. My 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 YouTube channel should be coming up, uh, should be coming live tonight. Uh, gospel truth with Tunde Cole. Watch watch out for that. Things are gonna be happening because we are taking it one step further to get the word of God, light, truth, gospel out there. We have a lot of things going on in our lives, but yeah, we still have to squeeze out time because someone on the verge of destruction, just about to enter a pit, possibly may come across our video, our podcast, hear the truth and turn back. You know, I'm not a fan of TikTok, but when I, the times I have a, a, a chance to post something on TikTok, the feedback, I remember there was a lady who said, thank you so much for sharing this. I didn't know what she was going through in her life, but I knew something. I, I think I also saw another uh, post, a comment. Somebody said, I really needed this. So I was not able to share anything last week because I didn't have capacity. I was just tired. And, you know, I'm running a new project at work and it's been very exhausting. But these are the kind of feedback and comments I look out for, not how many views and likes. And I was thinking, was it yesterday? I said, you know, if I was able to post, if I had a capacity post last week, how many more people could I have saved? So while Jalim was leading prayer, I was praying for myself. I said, Father, you know what? I need strength to be able to get this content out to people so that they can hear the truth and be saved. And myself and Jalim have been working with each other to say, you know, well, how do we exit our night of fire? Because we want to do this full time. We want to give more time to speaking the truth, coaching people, training people, developing people, building lives. You know, there are some lives that I am kind of surrounded with, and, you know, the, the, flo the, 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 the problems in their life, you know, could have been easily avoided if perhaps they have met someone like myself and Jolomi before they got into the mar mar marriage relationship. I know there's a, lot, there's a flip side, you know, uh, like the nurse in the house who say things like, Pastor, some people are not serious. They're not ready to listen. And I know those ones are there because I know a few people that they know that when they come to my seven Jolomi, they find the truth, but they still want to live the lie. So they go to the people that they know are telling them the lie. My seven Jolomi don't live a fancy lifestyle. Neither do we live a boring lifestyle. But the thing is that we cannot, we, we, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, we don't live a fake life. We're hosting a guest one day, and they seem to have a lot of friends. And the wife was with us in the kitchen, and he, she was commending us that, you know, you guys have done so well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, but well, you guys have friends, you guys have community. You know, myself and Jolomi hardly have friends, even some one of them, I'll leave that aside. You know, and um, he said, hmm, guys, you guys have not missed out on anything. He said, most of what you see out there, those guys that come around us, it's just templates. It's emptiness, there's no value, there's no substance in it. 
But I'm thinking, why is he keeping friends with those people? But well, you have a community, you can do party, you can drink, you can do stuff. But there's more to life. How much of the light of God is on the inside of you? Over and over, I think we need to remind people of what Christianity is. So, Gospel Truth with Tunde I'm thinking of starting with what is Christianity. Many people do not, know, do not know what Christianity is. And who will help them know? Yourself. That's what I'm driving at. Yourself. You are called primarily as a Christian. The light you've experienced, the goodness and the kindness, the mercy of God that you've experienced, to go share with somebody else. And it's not only to share the gospel truth with people, for people to be saved, but also to lead them into the truth. I was going to say repentance. But to lead them in the path of righteousness. I know we are not perfect. We are not perfect. We, we are learning. You know. I didn't get here overnight, right? I mean, uh, when, when we're talking about uh, topics I, I want to address on YouTube, John Levin was thinking, it's going to take you a lot of time. I'm thinking, do you know I have to talk about 12 topics already? Just, I sat down, I was praying in spirit, and I was typing things down because I've been on this journey for over 15 years. You know, some people, as some older pastors, you know, bless their heart. They thought I was, they think that I'm, I'm a boy that just woke, that showed up on the block and, start, and got a mic and is trying to start preaching. That's what many people think. Very disappointing. Many older pastors, they, they underrate me seriously. And some condescending way they speak to you and stuff like that. So hence some of them I just have to cut off from. You know, uh, one man was, um, you know, and I'm not, trying to proud, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be proud here, but I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm just saying. But one man, you know, after it came and trying to treat me like a boy and things like that, I'm not saying I'm old, I'm a young guy, you know, and I'm open to learn, you know. And um, then I think it got a few things from me. Then he said, you know what, well, uh, you might be older than me in ministry, blah, 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 blah. And I thought to my mind, you just got a message. Now, the fact that I, just, I started a church two and a half years ago doesn't mean that I'm just starting. You don't know. I've been in this for 15 years, more than 15 years, 2005 to 2022, 17 years, going to 18 years. You know, we only started church recently, but God has been dealing with me and preparing me for this for nearly 17 years. So I'm not a kid on the block. Amen. So I'm, I've said that to share with us, to say to us that see, you're not perfect. It's a journey. I'm great to get that. None of you guys, and I'm trying to encourage you. Or that story was to encourage you. Um, I'm, not trying to, I'm not expecting us to be perfect, to be mature, to be able to speak like me. Right? Uh, this, <laughs> I, I, don't want to, I don't want to teach, I don't want to teach on pastoring here this morning or how to prepare a message. I get to me. My message many times, I'm, I mean, my sleep, I'm meditating on them. I'm preparing them. Then I get a few hours together to put my notes together so that I can be structured in the way I deliver it. But that's not how I started. You know, back in the day when I started teaching, speaking, I'll spend like six, seven hours putting notes together. I, I, can, I still have some of my notes at home. I'll write and write, listen and write, study and write six, seven hours as the minimum I spend to put my message together. I don't spend up to that anymore now. Because, because this is built into my lifestyle. So I don't seem to really have a timeline. Okay, yeah, I'm preaching on Sunday. You know, except, okay, except I'm starting a new topic or something that is very controversial or very technical. Then I spend a lot of hours to make it sound human. No, not, I'm trying to get some, some you know, you, you hear some things like pneumatology is study of the Spirit. We know that one. But there's some big words some guys on the, on the media will tell you and they'll be using all manner of grammar and I'm thinking, wait, wait, wait. Now, you're sounding exciting, but what value are you adding to the life of the people? What are they getting out of this? Christianity is not for sure. It's not a show of eloquence. <laughs> Hallelujah. Christianity is not a show. Ministry is not a show of eloquence or a show of um, the, 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 the or effect that there's a word, I'm, there's a something sheep, there's a word I'm looking for, I can't remember. It's not a showmanship. Somebody used that word. I, I, I think I've, not, I've not found the, the definition yet. I've, I've not Googled the definition to see what it means. It's not about, it's not, ministry is not for show, it's to add value to lives. So when I speak in a language that people will understand, some colleagues of mine would think I'm a baby that don't understand. God bless them, we find a platform where I just don't like the show thing. Let's come and preach each other, and you will know that I'm not a kid. I will preach you. But that's not what God called me to do. So, now, he called us to what? He said he wants all men 
to be saved. So he called us to lead people to Christ and for people to understand. I was sharing with someone yesterday. I, don't, I think there's a word of encouragement for someone. I'm still on the fact that you guys, I'm not expecting you guys to master this you know, and also to encourage you guys. You know, well, I was talking to someone yesterday at the conference and, you know, but I think we have one or two people who are very, very firebrand and stuff like that. And I was trying to help some people understand something. You see, Jesus was keen on the understanding of the people. I don't think it, Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. He's the wisdom and the power of God in a human body, in a human form. The wisdom of God. Jesus, the wisdom and the power of God. But Jesus, who is the wisdom and the power of God, still allowed to speak in parables to help people understand. So if the aim of Jesus was to help people understand, even in their state of unsaved, in their state of um, lack of spiritual soundness, I mean, what I mean is that they, do, they, do, they, do, they were not born again, they didn't have the life of God, so they were not spiritually in tune. Even though the people were not spiritually in tune, Jesus took put so much effort Using everyday life thing, situation and scenario to explain things to people. So as a believer, if you want to teach anyone the truth, they must be able to relate with it. They must be able to understand it. They must be able to communicate to their spouse. They must be able to experience it. And that is why you will not hear me. I'm about to switch. Get ready for this. You will not hear me come and say, and the Lord said, and God and the goodness of the Lord is following all the days of his life. And never Calm down. Speak human language that people can understand. And the sad thing is that many young people think that is fire. You know, people are using the, the language of ungodliness to preach to you. And, if, and, and our young people are thinking that is lit. He understands us. I don't want to understand you. My mission is to help you to understand Christ. And that's why, that is why I will not wear a ripped jeans to this church to make me look cool so that young people can think, I'm not your mate. <laughs> This is me going back to Nigeria and being an African man here now. No, no, no. I'm your pastor, not your friend. You know, I'm a friend. Ten is my friend. She is my friend. I have a lot of friends. All the young people in my church are my friend. But I'm not your peer in church, in school, that I want to look like you. No, I don't condescend. I don't degrade myself to look like people. I pull people up. So young people, listen to me carefully. It is not your place as a believer, as a child of God, to stoop low to the standards of the world. I, I don't understand why ministers of the gospel are wearing red jeans. I don't get it. I, I know they want to be, and this is going to offend a lot of people, and I don't give a rip. I know you want to be cool. You want to, but it does not make any sense that you are trying to look like the world in appearance. It's not provocative dressing, I know, but it does, does not make any sense. So when we begin to look, and somebody was going to attack me because I'm wearing jacket. They say, where does that jacket come from? You're not thinking, right? Because I've had those kind of nonsense. They'll say, ah, is English people got jackets, you know, suits. So are you not looking like someone? I said, you're not thinking. So I don't want to get in that conversation because someone I've, I've had a conversation with that one. But I'm going somewhere. We're still on purpose. But let me call out those things that God has impressed in my heart this morning for people. See, friends, we are called to be light. We're still on the primary purpose. We are called to be light. We are called to raise people out of ditch, out of traps, out of dungeon of darkness. We are called to lift people up, not to go down and look like them. You are, you are the called out ones. The word of God says that you should come out of the world and be separate. The Bible did not tell us to isolate ourselves or condemn the world. But the Bible says that we are called to lead the people out of darkness into the marvelous light of God. We are called to minister. We are called, and, uh, the Bible says we are given a ministry of reconciliation. We are called to communicate, to preach, to minister the gospel of reconciliation. Restoration to the Father through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. To people so that they can be saved. That's our primary assignment. We are not called to look like the world and try to be cool. If you are trying to be cool and try to blend in with the world, you don't understand the essence of your being born again, of your child, of, of, your, of you being a child of God. You don't understand the essence of your redemption, your salvation, what Jesus did for you. Now, I understand that many fickle and unsaved people who call themselves Christians, 
has deceived many young people and adults to think that is what Christianity is about. No, I'm, I'm the one who is telling you what the true gospel really is. So if you've ever heard anything contrary, opposite to what I'm telling you, you have not heard the gospel. Because the gospel is not meant to make you feel worldly, feel cool. If you came to church early today, you saw Jolomi dancing, dancing to Le- Le- Leon Crawford. If you, were in, if you were at our place or two years ago, um, when we had Jolomi's birthday party, we had so much fun. We had so much fun. So we party. Our party doesn't come with alcohol. Good news. Our party doesn't come with uh, Beyonce, Rihanna. I know all of them. Megan Stanley. I know them. So don't think pastor is not cool. So pastor is not singing just ungodly and wicked songs. He has a reason. And you are better off asking him as opposed to thinking pastor is not cool. Your primary purpose is not to blend with the world, but to come out of the world, to stand out of the world. Jesus says you are the light of the world. Do you know what light does? Light dispels darkness. When light comes in, right, confusion leaves the room. You are not called to add to the confusion of the world by trying to, you know, I had, I had something about somebody trying to use a kind of nose ring and things like that. We're going to come to that later on. I guess I mean, you are not called to, to look like the world. So when they stand and they look at you, the world feels comfortable with you. The world should look at what you have and say, you know, there's a peace and joy I discern in you. I want it. The believer is not meant to be, to be anxious, afraid, or fearful like the world. The world knows that they are afraid. They know they are hopeless. Shanice, are you listening? Danny, are you listening? The world, the world, the people around you, they know they are hopeless. They are anxious. They are fearful. They are filled with anxiety, uncertainty. They know, no matter how much they look good, bold, and confident, I deal with people in the workplace. I deal with people out there. When people come to me, I know what I hear. I know what they tell me. I will tell you that many people are in their real state. They are complete opposite of the excitement and the fun you think they are having. I'm telling you the truth. So you are not called to blend with the world. You are called to stand out of the world. You are not called to practice darkness, but you are called to shine light. I was talking about the definition of light. Now, when there's darkness, there's confusion. When there's darkness, people cannot find their path. If their coin, money, wallets is lost, in a dark room, if you're, I'll put this, let me direct at you. If your money, your wallet, or any, any of your belonging is lost, in a dark room, you can't find it. You can't see it. But when the light is switched on, you can look around and there's hope for you to find what you've misplaced. So the believer is the light of the world who is meant to shine by speaking the truth, standing for the truth, demonstrating the truth, practicing the truth, so that people of darkness can see what is right to do and follow suit. And as many Christians who are practicing darkness should not be your close associate or your best friend. Go to 1 Corinthians 5, start from verse 9, you read it there to 11. Anyone who is named a brother or a sister, who is given to sexual immorality and all, packed, all forms of evil practices, I mean, who embrace it as their lifestyle should not be your best friend. I know people who are manipulative and I'm removing them from my life. Because it's going to rub over you. The Bible even tells you that evil communication corrupt good manners. And that's 1 Corinthians 15.33. Evil communication, evil association corrupt good manners. Amen. So our primary purpose is to lead people to Christ and shine the light to them in our conduct, in our way of life. And I will say to you, 
except you, yours personally, yourself, except you are given to the company of people who practice the truth, you will not be able to shine as light in the world. I shared with us last week, a lady came, you know, speak, confiding me, myself, Angela, me said, you know what, my Christian community is full of darkness. You know, I come, when I come to you guys is where I find some kind of safety because you guys walk in the truth. I know the people in a circle, I, just, I have to blank my mind so that I don't, my mind don't, <laughs> will not try to dig out stuff about the people that I know are in a life. And among them are pastors, well-respected pastors, even here at Meeting Kings. And this is not to make myself Angelomi look good, but it's encouraging for us. We don't have friends as such. Very, very few we have. We're even losing, we are even letting go of one or two, right? So reducing them. But I know we're going to make more friends as we go on our journey, as we move on to the next phase of our lives. So anybody, even a pastor who is given to immorality, you pull out. That's why the Christian journey is a personal one. It's not a group walk. We call it your walk with God. Your fellowship and relationship with God. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's point number one. Primary purpose. And I've encouraged us. Praise the Lord. Secondary purpose. Your vocation. Your secondary purpose is your vocation. And I put it this way. I put it as, I describe your vocation as a channel through which God, you know, okay, the channel through which you execute or carry out God's primary purpose. Hello. So there's primary purpose, Christ, people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. The secondary purpose, your vocation, what you live with, what you do on your daily basis, the skills, the potentials, the mindset given to you. You know, there are many pastors who are not pastors of our Lord Jesus Christ. They are pastors of themselves. They are pastors after the Church of England. I like how somebody said it yesterday. Uh, There's Church of Christ and there's Church of England. So Church of England here in the UK, they have their own standards, and many of which does not conform with the Word of God. And it's sad because they are very reputable in the United Kingdom. Many people see that as a standard of Christianity. So if you're watching or listening to me, I'm saying many practices of the Church of England, they are not the practices of, our, of the Church of our God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you want to know what true Christianity is, you've got to get your Bible. And if you're not getting it, come to Transformers Church or uh, watch out for my YouTube uh, channel when it goes live. Because on there, I'm going to be demystifying all manner of mystery about Christianity. It's so simple, and it's so simple, so simple that it's too simple. That's why many people cannot even identify with it. There's a lady who used to attend a former, ch- uh, a church, a former church with me back in the day, very popular or notorious church in Africa, you know, and um, you know, I, there's some words I say on purpose so I have to get my wife's attention. <laughs> when, I say, when I say notorious, I can see her reaction. I like, I like it. Fantastic. Right, so a lot of communication is going on when I'm teaching. You guys may not know what's going on, who I'm talking to kind of about. A lot of communication is going, there, going on here. Now, they are so-called set man of their ministry, the founding father, the Jew. You know, and they have different titles for him. It makes Christianity hard for the people. That's part of it. Hard for the people. And the people have been so much trained that, except it is hard, it is not the gospel, not Christianity. You know, I remember another very well-respected elder statesman, a senior person in Nigeria who is a, who is a, you know, is a pastor, very senior. You know, he was talking about prayer, and he said he went to meet a spiritual, uh, someone who would later became a spiritual mother, if I get the story correctly. But this is what I wanted to pay attention to. So when he met this woman, the woman asked him to roll off his trousers. To, she would like to see her knees, his knees. So he rolled up his trousers and his knees were scarred. He said, uh-huh, you're a prayer person, now we can talk. Hmm. I told you I've been in this for 17 years. You know, God prepared me for this. So to a very much extent, even though my journey is still far, I'm seasoned to a reasonable extent to do what I'm called to do. 
and what I'm doing now. Christianity is, you know what they call the gospel? Nearly too good to be true news. Like, are you saying I don't need to do anything to be a child of God? This is the gospel. All I need to do is to believe in him. All I need to do is to receive Christ Jesus so that I can receive eternal life, the life of God in my heart. So that I can have a connecting point with the Father and have a fellowship with him. Are you saying that's what the gospel is? If many people know what the gospel, that's what the gospel is, this place will be full to the, and will not have enough space out there. The majority consider my gospel, the gospel of, the, of Christ that I teach to be not it. So they believe they need to give a certain seed, a certain do you know how long it took us to get offering on the thing? We forget every Sunday. So I decided to build it into the announcement because we forget every Sunday. I didn't come to do this for money. But many people see ministry or church as, some, as a money-making venture. How people are hearing this and they can, and you, you, you can intentionally divorce yourself from lies and deception because it's taking you nowhere. So talking about secondary purpose, I define it as what? As a channel through which you execute or you carry out God's plan and purpose for your life. And I was giving us an example. There are people who are pastors, but not pastors of Jesus Christ. And why did I say that? I'm trying to say that you can have vocations in your life and you can be very good at it. And you may be out of God's primary plan purpose. So... in other words, your vocation should find a way to help humanity and should be able to give you a platform for you to express the goodness and the kindness of God to humanity. So I'm going to get, quickly get into some, some um, not so true things about vocation, about what people generally believe is people's purpose. So one, Michael Jordan. When you think of Michael Jordan, what do you think? Basketball. Do you think that's Michael's purpose? Because I've had a very well-respected man of God say that Michael Jordan, that's his purpose. He can do charity, but that's his purpose. From the, okay, I, I like this. So the proceeds from his basketball, he can give it to charity. But is Michael Jordan, is, is he saved? I don't know. I don't know. But he said it's purpose. But God created us for a purpose. Most of which, primarily of which is to glorify him. People get saved and come to the knowledge, knowledge of the truth. He can give to churches. But do you know he can give to churches, but at the same time not saved and end up in hell? I'm trying to differentiate two things there. See, your vocation should be the channel through which you execute God's purpose, right? God's primary purpose. But people can choose to use their gifting and their talent for something else. Are you getting me? And one of the reasons why I'm trying to bust that lie, that myth that your talent is your purpose, is because you, you can train yourself to be very good at something, right? What if you lose the ability to perform that thing? Does that mean your, your purpose has ended? Don't forget that purpose is what you live for. And you live for purpose all your life. Or you should live for your purpose all your life. So if you're a basketballer and you think that's what life is about, so what if you have an accident or you get to an age whereby you no longer can play basketball? Does that mean there's no longer a reason for your existence? You have to die. And as long as you have breath in you, even if you can no longer play basketball, right, you should still be able, you should still be living for something that glorifies God. I was, I used to mentor a, a, teenage, a, a teenage boy, He's, he was 16, and um, I asked him one day, because I could pick a, pick a few vibes around him and stuff like that, and I, and I asked him, I said, he was very much into sports, he's very athletic. And I said, if sports and if sports were taken away from you, what would you live for? And he said to me, then life is not worth living. A 16-year-old. I was shocked, uh, but I had to 
I had to put up a straight face and I thought I thought over that word for the all through the week. A 16-year-old, if spots were taken from him, he doesn't consider life living. This is why it's very important that no matter how talented a person is, we give them Christ as the foundation of their life. God as the foundation of their life. Because purpose, on, um, talent, and giftings on their own cannot take you far. When I was a kid, there are some celebrity singers that, you know, they were very good. I mean, very talented. Most of them in the news today, I, just, I don't want to start calling their name, most of them in the news today, what they have turned to is shocking. They are literally demon in a human body. Because what they did all their life was to serve people and live for the fame of people, not live for God. Because people are fickle and people are very unstable. If you live for the praise of people, you will be one of the most miserable people on earth. Because you will always want to do the stupid thing in the mind of people to keep them following you and giving you that status. Because celebrity, a celebrity status is what people give to you. And who are the people giving you that status? Who are the people giving you that celebrity status? Most of them are not, they're not godly, they're unbelievers, they're not godly in their thinking. So to keep their attention, you have to keep doing ungodly things. Most of the time when I share things on, on Instagram, I lose, for people unfollow me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been counting, I've, not, I've, less, not, I've, I've lost no less than 20 people on, on Instagram. Anytime I post a video or I post something about the truth, boom. Many of them, I want to believe of, of which are Christians because most people, many people know that I'm a Christian and they follow me and stuff like that. Yeah. Amen. So your vocation on its own is not your primary purpose, but your vocation should be a channel through which you can execute or carry out God's plan and purpose. So the other side to your vocation is this. See, God has endowed each and every one of us to be a blessing to humanity. Some are good with technology. Some are good with construction. Some are good with... So God has blessed us with talent and abilities to bless humanity, to be able to contribute to humanity. But that does not mean that's our purpose. A person might be, might be talented, might be a talented construction engineer, but may not practice it. Does that mean that he's not fulfilling purpose? No. So many people today, a lot of people today, are not practicing or, develop, or developing their talent. They are not working on their talent. They are working on something different. Some people, they don't get to really discover what they are wired to do, how they are wired to function until they are 50 or 60. Some people like me are... Uh, I'm looking for a very nice word to describe myself. Amazing entrepreneurs, but I'm still doing 9 to 5. The Holy Spirit is now getting on my case that, you know, you are not wired to be an employee. You are wired to be a leader. And it was showing me how my brain thinks, how my head works. Now I have to commit myself to developing entrepreneurship. I did a test. I did this kind of psychology, a psychology test in entrepreneurship, and I was 97% fit to be an entrepreneur. By, by, by an organization who are, you know, kind of stuff. They were, testing my, they were assessing me and stuff like that. And, you know, 97% match as a... I mean, and I wonder why I'm struggling in my job. Because I'm not wired that way. But I'm looking for security and stuff like that. I thank God for that meeting we attended yesterday. A word came from my spirit. I'm going to trust God for, those, for that wisdom to excel economically. There was fear, there's all manner of stuff. This is how, what I'm wired to do. So many, how old am I? I'm going to tell you my age. Anyway, I get to me. So you can, nobody, nobody will know. No, is it nobody? Right, okay. Let's do that. <laughs> but at this age, I'm just, uh, it, it wasn't that I didn't know, but you know, your, your society, your parents can condition your mind. And when you leave, you need to go and get a good job. I'm not wired for that. I struggle at work. I excel so much well at work to the point that my bosses feel uncomfortable, insecurity, insecure ones when I, that I've worked with, they feel uncomfortable because I excel well at my job. When I do my job, I do it the way it should be done and I go over and beyond. It's my nature. I always go over and beyond for anything I do. 
So I excel as a project manager, as a VA, as a PMO. I, I mean, when I was telling one, one of my former boss that I'm thinking of leaving the PMO, he was shocked. He was like, he, he couldn't, like are, you, are you thinking? I do, one of the feedback I do get from people is like, you know, I've met PMOs in my life. You are unique. And I said to people, I said, I'm doing this because it's my discipline as a child of God to exude excellence. I don't like it. <laughs> Amen. So I'm saying to us that some of us may not discover our talent until later, but does that mean we are not fulfilling purpose? So if I switch into entrepreneurship, if I quit my nine to five, say next year or this year by God's grace, and I'm trust, trusting God, God is still working on me, a lot of things I'm still working on, right, uh, before I make the switch. Now, if I excel so much in, into at all, I'm just about to transition to start building my talent, right, in a sense. But does that mean I've not been fulfilling purpose all this while? No, lives have been changed. People have, people have led to Christ. People have been delivered from the power of death. A lot of things have people's life. I mean, I have, I have carried out and performed God's assignment in many instances. Now, I am not just an entrepreneur, so you can have more than one talent. I am a pastor. God has given me a heart for his people. So if I, go, if I was going to layer my purpose, primary, the gospel, and for people to come to the knowledge of the truth, and right above it is to minister the gospel, train people, raise God, world changers. Then above it is entrepreneur because we need the money to do ministry. And I like to live a new life and I like to look after my wife and my kids. Amen. So we have a secondary purpose, right? And these are channel through which well, we carry out uh, God's assignment. No one should define their life by their talent. Because anything can happen to you, and I'm not trying to look at just the neg negative, but circumstances, you know, the economic situation of a, of a country can change. The policies of the country can change that will not allow your talent to find expression anymore. But does that mean your life has ended? You go to meetings, they will tell you, catch your purpose. Ten things to do to discover your purpose. And there are a lot of teachings out there which can probably be pointers, help you, but I'm giving you the core, the fundamental. That people be saved. And God, what God can walk through. Now, when I talk about just your vocation, right? So you might be good in project management. You might be a good technical person. You might be good at you know, all these kind of things. If you take your time to carefully look at it, they have amazing opportunity to contribute to propagating the gospel. Go check. If I was not a sound project manager, I don't think we would have a level of organization that we have in church today and some level of excellence that I exude here. I learned this from workplace, even though I didn't like it. But when we get into entrepreneurship, and I started making some very serious money, I started building some very serious business, and I had the money to go back to uni to study uh, cinematography and, um, what is it again, movie directing, because that's what I want to do. I want to put the gospel in movie forms, because you hardly come across quality gospel movies. Can I be very honest with you guys? I prefer to watch 24 by Kifa Sutherland than to watch some Christian movies. Some people get offended at it. Yes. Because when I'm watching 24, when I'm watching Jack Bayer, CTU, all that kind of stuff, I know what I'm expecting. I'm, 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 I'm watching and observing how politics was, how these guys are not crazy in their mind. But when, but when I want to watch a gospel movie, I expect to hear the gospel that will edify me. And what I hear most of the time is death, condemnation, destruction, or a, a tainting of God's nature. They say God brought the sickness upon you. Because when I'm watching a gospel movie, my guts are down. I want to receive. I'm vulnerable. So if you will not give me the true gospel, no, no, there's no point. Amen. I'd rather watch a movie on business. But, but what I will never do is to watch movies that are filled with, with death, filled immorality, pornography, dignified pornography, and some kind of bloody violence. All of you guys watching Power, God is watching you. All of you watching, um, there are very, very bad movies out there. God is watching you. And there's one game, is this Squid? There's a game, game of Thrones, is this Squid? Where bloody, God is watching you. You now wonder why you cannot communicate with God, you cannot fellowship with God. When your mind is saturated with all manner of death and junk. Amen. What you watch, what you pay attention to is, is gaining entrance into your heart. Relationship with God is a heart-to-heart -heart thing. So when your heart is clogged with all manner of field, 
Not that 24 is poor, it's completely pure like that. My remote is always in my hand. Because there are with one or two things I'm like, are you well? But I don't, I, don't, I don't expect much from me. It's not saved. So I don't expect much. So my remote is always on my hand. I can anticipate it. Forward, 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 forward. But the things I've learned from Kefa Sudan, I have plenty to do. Amen. Praise God. Now, so I was going to quote to share with us Galatians 1.15. I think I've looked at all of the scriptures in time past, you know, um, where Paul said, God will call him from his mother's womb to preach the gospel of Christ, you know. So that's his vocation. That's his secondary purpose. But to look at it, it's still rooted. It's still connected to his primary purpose. So your homework with this as a shutdown. You know, you, you, have, you guys will go walk to watch these five uh, um, messages. We'll go and watch it again, right? And you're going to pray. Lord, open my eyes to see what you have called me to do. Or open my eyes to see and to understand how you want me to function in your agenda. Or open... I'm too fast. Open my eyes. Okay, what you want me to do? How you want me to function your agenda to help people, to lead people to salvation and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Then you pray about your vocation as well. If you are not comfortable or happy in your job or whatever you do, Lord, open my eyes to see what you have wired me to do, the abilities you have given to me to excel in. It's interesting that when I used to take a project management training, a lot of people want to be a project manager. I'm thinking if you know, a lot of black people, African people went in that direction, you know, about, about 10 years ago. But many of them are not. When, we speak, when, I'm, when I'm in a workplace and we're talking, I, I just know some that I know that they're not wired, they, they are not wired for this. It's not, this is not about, they're just trying to go, they are more survival conscious and go in the direction of the masses. I've met some fantastic guys who are into, uh, who study things like um, internet fraud and some, you know, cybercrime and stuff like that. I'm like, how did they even do that? And they've done so well that one of the guys I know is, 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 is trained to be a lecturer, is now a lecturer in that. So what I'm trying to also say to you is this. If you're not careful, you surround, you, you reflect or aim for, for the things that people will, sur- no, you aim for things communicated or advocated by people who surround you. So when they tell you it is testing, you go testing. When they tell you it is a SAP, you go SAP. When they tell you what is, uh, tell you it's Python, you go Python. Say, I'm not a coder. Oracle, you go Oracle. See, see, I understand coding to a degree, but my brain does not work with coding. I'm not wired that way. But I'm a wired leader and a developer. I see pictures. Without reading or personal development, I see pictures in my mind and I can identify what will make that picture come to um, fit together, the people, the skill set. And I'm very good at quick, at identifying talent and things. I love building people. I was saying to, to someone, to a friend yesterday, I can, I can coach and train my wife to, to run this, I mean, to be the main preacher here. Because I take joy when I see people step into their place and function and excel. It, that's what gives me joy. Not me being at the forefront. So that's why pastoring has to be something that God anointed me for. Because this is not really me. I can preach, I can teach. But I, 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 I take more delight and joy in seeing people prosper and excel in what they're called to do. That's me. Praise the Lord. So uh, this is just to encourage us, guys. So please watch all those messages again. You know, uh, two points to close. I said we are not a copy of another. And we should not try to copy other people. Friends, you are unique. You are not an afterthought. You know, God prepared his own place for you. Sometimes we might need to withdraw from the noise around us, the people around us, and spend quality time with God over a reasonable long period of time until we are able to start seeing for ourselves who we are and what God is calling us to do. But that will not go without a fight. Because people in your life, some of them, would want to bend you and, and push you and pressure you into the mode that they, into their own mode. So many people have defined your destiny and how your life should look. And one of the senior corporates is the, is the government of England. How your finances should look. How long should you pay your mortgage for? So you get a job, 
So they, they've defined how people should look like. And they are trying to fit you into the mode. And if you, if, you, if you want to excel outside of the mode, you are a rebel. And they will come, with, they will come at you at all manner of tax, um, attacks, demonic people. Well, we, get, we have to... Okay, let me, let me, I've got to be careful how I say that because they will come and ask me, that, how do you interpret it? Like, how, what do you mean there? But I don't have enough time to, to explain and I'm out of time. So friends, you have an assignment to do. Besides the prayer, you've got to take time. Take time away from yourself regularly, regular time. If it's 10 p.m. at night, withdraw to yourself. Speak to God. Play a nice worship song. Get your pen and your paper. Reflect, think. Pray in the Spirit if you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Lord, how do you want me to connect? How do you want me to, uh, to play a role in your ultimate agenda, your overarching agenda for humanity? How? Friends, it's not something you do one day and that's it. Some of you, it will take you two months before your mind even starts resetting. Because the degree to which your mind has been saturated with lies and deception and condemnation will determine how long you have to stay in that quiet place. Even if it's just half an hour, this is serious homework. Even if it's just half an hour, every evening, or if you're a morning person, just make your cup, cup of tea. See, it's not a fasting and praying matter. That you think that until you fast and pray, you will not hear God. All the fasting and praying you've been doing all your life, how many things have you heard of God? This is a heart-to-heart conversation with the Father. See, God is into a heart-to-heart relationship, not a head-to-head relationship. So that's why many Christians who are firebrand do not have quality relationship with God because many of them think, uh, think Christianity is about performance not about relationship. So when you seem to have a relationship with God, they, they, condescend, they, they, they condescendingly address you. They trash you. They make you feel like you don't, you, you know, you don't matter. Whereas you are the one who matters because you are the one who can hear the heart of God based on his word. Friends, I can go on and on. Amen. I hope that blesses us. Let me see if I have another uh, point to give you. So I said, no one can do what you are called to do the way you do it. No one can do what you are called to do the way you do it. So many people may be doing the same thing. You may think, ah, a lot of people are into this. No, but you have a unique place. And that's why you should always think about the kingdom of God. No one can speak the way I speak. No one can teach the way I teach. And I'm not trying to be like anyone. I was encouraged by a word from one of my pastors when I was a teenager. And I was speaking, he was just encouraging me. He said, guy, he said, he said, you don't look like anybody here. You don't speak like anyone. The revelation and the insight that you share, he said, no one can take credit for it. That encouraged me. No one can do what you do the way you do. So don't try to be like somebody else. Trying to be like somebody else will block you from being able to receive from the Lord what he has called and wired you to do. So comparison and competition is one of the greatest enemy of discovering God's purpose for your life. Guys, I know I'm taking your time. Give me an extra two minutes, two minutes, and we'll be off air. And I want to shut this down today. Amen. Comparison and competition or copying is one of the greatest enemy of discovering God's purpose for one's life. So don't try to be like anyone else. If the people around you, because I had one and um, I'm dealing with the situation at the moment, Okay, people around you make you feel like you have to be like them. Or if you're not like them or do things like them, you are out of line, you are out of place, you are missing, you're not doing it. It's time to cut off. And I mean it because, see, I've been in this particular situation, I've been in this for over 10 years. And I was shocked when I was doing some analysis of my life, how low I have gone, how, my, how, how, how low my mind has gone to the point that I did not really see myself able to do what God has called me to do. How I was filled with, I was filled with so much inferiority and my mind, my soul was filled in such heavily saturated with inferiority and a sense of inadequacy because of one person in my life. A good friend. They didn't mean harm, but that is a communication I get all the time. And God had to walk on me and say, it's time to move out of this because I want to use you. So who is that person in your life? Thank God I have a personal experience so I can explain to you. So you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mixing this, making this thing up. So who is that person in your life 
who feels who feel, feel you with so much sense. No, they, do, they are not intentional about it, but some people, if they don't have enough wisdom to understand that friendship and relationship is to beat one another, then they are not worth having quality friends like you. If people want to have relationship, quality relationship, if you, you, are, you know you are a quality person, then people... You don't force yourself on people. People need to show, even with their actions, that they value you. Amen. So, if you have in your life, if it's your parent, you need some fasting and praying for wisdom to know how to manage them. There are people in my life, like parents, not my mom, but like parents, that I will not discuss anything with that relates to my purpose. Because the first thing they will say is negative and discouraging. So I don't talk to them at all. And I know I'm a person who is open. So what I do is I distance myself from them. Because I will talk and say, friends, when you are sharing your purpose, your plan your, for, of God with people, you've got to be very careful who you share with. Some people, when, some people that you love, you respect, when you share with them, the first word they speak can determine whether you go ahead with it or you will lose track or you hold back. So be very careful. You know, I have a friend, I used to have a friend whom I would tell him, you know, I think God is telling me to do this, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he, he would raise his nose and jest at it and laugh. And this thing was destroying me for many years. Amen. I can only pause, I can't have to stop because I can do this all day. Amen. And I hope that has blessed you guys. I've given you guys homework. You guys have been generous with your time. And I know that I've given you substance too that can change your life. And I pray, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys come to me and say, I know, I think I believe that God is calling me to this. Some of you guys, I know what God has called you to do. I mean, I kind of know what he's wired you to do. I can see it in you. I can, I can pick, I can design those gifts. But I'm not going to push you. I'm not going to draw you into it. Because it has to be something you receive by conviction. Else, you and I will be having friction. You have to get into it by conviction, and I will support you as a pastor to ensure you excel in it. Again, some people, when they come close to that assignment, and they see that it's, it's challenging, we take them out of their comfort zone. They back out. So even when you come to me and say, Pastor, I think this is what God is calling me to do, I'm going to watch you to see what level of commitment you are ready to give to it. Because for you guys, each time I see you go into something, I do a lot of homework, a lot of work behind the scenes, reading, communicating, contacting people to create avenues and channels for you to excel in that thing. But now I've learned to hold back until I see reasonable level of commitment to what you say we want to do. I'm not going to go start walking behind the scenes to help you achieve that. But I know it's a journey not to condemn anyone. If you're struggling, we can pray with you. We can encourage you. We're not going to condemn you. We create opportunities for you. But I think I'm just slowing down as to how far I go helping people. Because it's very stressful for me when I'm trying to pull people who don't want to be pulled or do what God has called them to do. Let's bow our heads for prayer.